Welcome back to Startups, Sparks and Serendipity. It's another session today. Um, it's good to be back for everyone that hasn't listened before. Uh, Mike and I have kind of two podcasts running. One is called Startups, Sparks and Serendipity, where we basically talk to each other and talk about things that interest us in uh, personal development, but also different things about the startup industry and technology, uh, technologies in general. Uh, and then we have one where we basically interview people, um, which you can find on uh, Feed Your Brain. So that's where Mike and I uh, host um, interviews. Uh, we can also link everything in the show notes, but it's glad to be back to talk about a topic that interests both of us. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Doing very well for everyone who's listening and doesn't have the pleasure of seeing Max. He's wearing a very wild outfit today. Like very interesting, very yeah. colorful. Uh, he also wears a hat. So a bit of a different look than usual, but I, I like it. Yeah, it's it's my uh, it's it's my Saturday look where uh, I kind of uh, I, I I make myself a little bit more wild when it comes to outfits I guess um, to it's a special time I guess interesting yeah for me it's black or gray every day <laughs> also fine um, but hey it's good to chat we wanted to talk about a specific topic to jump right into it. Um, which is the whole discussion about specialists and uh, generalists. Um, and of course, there have been several books written about it. Um, and uh, of course, generally, you can see different opinions about whether you should be a generalist or a specialist. I don't think everything that we will say now in the next kind of 20 minutes will be set in stone, but it's just kind of our personal opinion and also uh, lots of different um book inputs and, and generally inputs from the web that we've put together because we think it's a, a great thing to discuss about and talk about. So generally to give a little intro um, to it and then Mike, feel free to jump in. But um, generalist uh, specialist kind of coming back maybe from first principles, I think generally um, a generalist is somebody that has a bit more broad knowledge about several topics and um, has a potentially some people have one kind of area where they focus on and they are specialists in, but generally generalists have a much broader um, interest and, and knowledge about different fields, um, whether in business or in other kinds of areas. And, and specialists mainly focus on one specific skill or one specific know-how um, that they focus on. For example, um, programming um, or Java programming, uh, maybe a good Java programmer has like some for form of specialized knowledge versus a, um, let's say, um, general entrepreneur who might be a bit more uh, a generalistic type of person. Um, what have you experienced, Mike? What's your opinion, um, maybe to kickstart it, and then we can also bring in some science. And of course, the thing that we have written about or that we have read about, but what's your general perspective on generalist specialist have you thought about that specifically in your kind of um personal development or was that not really something you focused on yeah it was definitely something i focused on and i always had the problem and also the good fortune that i'm very interested in many many different things which <laughs> is great because you learn so many things about different topics and areas but also I get bored quite quickly. So there are only a couple of topics that can hold my attention for a really long while. So what I usually have, I have one, two or three main topics where I actually specialize in and where I dive really deep. And then beyond that, I would see myself more of as a generalist and even the topics that I'm diving into, like one of them is just 
building great startups, which is not really a specialized topic. It's, it's a very broad topic mm -hmm. still. It's not that I focus on machine learning optimization for manufacturing processes, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but that's one of the topics. And then I, especially when I still went to college or before college and slightly after college, when I was thinking about a lot about learning and a lot about, okay, what do I want to, what, what skills do I want to gain to actually succeed and achieve the goals that I've set for myself? And I, I felt that constant basically tugging of really diving deep into, for example, machine learning, which is something that I did for a couple of months, but then I found something else more interesting and switched over. So I think I'm, I'm more of a generalist than a specialist, but I do have my topics that interest me and have interested me for a couple of years, uh, like startups. And that's, that's how roughly how I would describe myself. So uh, what about you? Yeah, it's, 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 I think it's very similar. Um, I also felt like it's, it's somehow you always swim on like a meta level level or like a, like, yeah, like a meta level, I think is a good explanation for it where, um, I, I act very similar like you probably where there are a lot of things that interest me and I try to get a hold of all these different things almost at the same time, kind of trying to understand climate change, but also trying to understand how, um, kind of new technology services will impact uh, kind of building startups. And it feels very difficult at some point to bring it all together and really manage to connect all the different dots when you are especially interested in many different fields and don't have that specific type of knowledge that really kind of captures your attention. Because I think generally startups, and that's I think what kind of brings us together, it's more like a meta level interest that you have. And there are kind of a lot of sub knowledge areas below kind of building startups, um, having basic knowledge about technology, but of course having knowledge about building a business from a, from a financial perspective, but also from different areas. So I feel like there's, that's kind of the meta level, what kind of, when you go deeper, you have done some work to understand each kind of subcategory of knowledge. Apparently, was that something that you, because it, it, it takes a lot of self-awareness, I think, to be confident in being a generalist, because a lot of people in your environment will always be specialists in some regards. And you have people that are really, really good at something. Um, and you might feel behind because you're not specialized in one specific area. How did you kind of build up the self-awareness to um, potentially overcome on like an uncertainty or a certain fear of missing out kind of yeah I, I think on the one hand you just have to be aware that being a specialist or generalist is also dependent on the industry you're in and we had that really good quote in one of our last episodes and i'll just mention it again it's from morgan housel and he said an engineer can have a successful career knowing nothing other than engineering same for a chemist meteorologist radiologist Business and investing don't work like that. They're a little math, a little accounting, a little sociology, a little psychology, a few parts marketing, law, politics, game theory, history, statistics, biology, and public relations. That doesn't make them harder than other fields, just more uncertain, prone to chance, and with fewer experts. And I think that's exactly what we were talking about, right? If you want to build a startup, if that's your interest, or if you, for example, want to invest and get better at that, if you don't like specialize in an extremely niche way, then you usually need to learn a lot of things from a lot of different areas to succeed. Whereas if you're an engineer that specialized in a specific field or a chemist that is doing Nobel Prize level research, I mean, it doesn't have to be that level, but a chemist that's doing research, then you need to know your field extremely well and you need to dive very, very deep 
to actually make any kind of progress. So I think it's a bit dependent on the area you're interested in. And then also it has different advantages, right? Because if you're a specialist, you just know all the ins and outs and different perspectives in, in your own field. You can probably, you probably know who else has tried what in the past, et cetera, et cetera. But then if you're a generalist, you can use knowledge from different kinds of fields and industries and maybe find patterns or transfer your knowledge to a new field and just look at it from a different angle compared to how a specialist would look at it. And now to like to close that thought in areas like entrepreneurship that can actually work, like finding, I don't know, a new angle of how to approach a problem and then therefore innovating. I think in science, it's a bit harder because you need the ground level of knowledge usually to actually know what you're talking about. And just suggesting some random thing you picked up in an introductory book of a different field to someone who is doing detailed research. Um, maybe sometimes there's this lucky guess where it actually leads into the right direction, but some, most of the times just does not. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting perspective, right? Because I, I mean, yeah, as you mentioned, kind of building companies is like a lot of different things come together. Um, however, I think kind of the, the, the consequence of building a startup and you being a generalist also requires you to have a great network to bring together people that are specialists in some forms, especially if you build, for example, deep tech or biotech companies, you need to have at least some people in your founder team or in your first kind of employee base that have a very special specialized knowledge about a specific field and potentially even um, multi-year experience in a certain field to really break out in the market and to really do something very different. But I think you see a lot of founders that are much more generic. And I wanted to link that also to a kind of the, the thought of different books that have, have been was written about it. Um, one part is that especially in sports and we both have sports background. So I think that's also interesting to kind of bring in that perspective. There are several researchers and, and books that have been looking at high performers in sports, such as Tiger Woods or uh, Roger Federer or Serena Williams. And you can see some patterns and you can see some very dramatic differences. For example, um, there's a book called Range, which basically analyzes the concept behind being a generalist and specialist and specifically focuses on why generalists will triumph, I think, in a specialized world. That's kind of the title of it. And, and the author kind of looked at the differences between people like Tiger Woods, who had an enormously successful career and was potentially the first billionaire coming out of sports, but has still had kind of his five to seven year, like has like a time frame of five to seven years where he was completely out of everything because he more or less lacked depression and had alcohol problems and drug problems in general. Um, and you see people like Roger Federer, um, who have been kind of successful for 20, 25 years, apparently without any social uh, problems in any way. Of course, it can be different behind the back. But I think the, the interesting thing that I would kind of like to point out, um, long story short, is that when looking at Tiger Woods, it has been noticeable that his dad has been a, a golf teacher and he has the, his dad has actually helped him to come into to golf, but also he didn't really experience any other so sorts of sports. So he didn't play any basketball or any other sports. And Roger Federer and Serena Williams, for example, they have actually uh, done some sports and they've kind of focused on tennis later. And uh, they, uh, Roger Federer has been enormously successful at football as well and then transitioned into tennis. So he has kind of seen different uh, sports and that 
experience from other sports apparently has helped him to also be more successful in, in tennis. What do you think about that? Is that something that you can also see kind of with your peers um, that kind of previous experiences in other fields have helped them to build, for example, successful companies and after on? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I want to talk a bit about the historical context of specialization as well. So I think specialization in business is mostly, I mean, many people just quote Adam Smith, right? Who was talking about it in yep. his like very famous book, Wealth of Nations. Uh, and you also know it as a vision of labor where he basically says, uh, I'm simplifying a lot, but basically if everyone specializes on something and then they work together, they can build better products or not, not necessarily build better products is another simplification, but yeah, create more wealth, make sure that everything is actually working better. If you have someone who's actually a baker that specialized on baking goods, you will get a more efficient society than if everyone is baking their own like bread or whatever. That's, that's a very, very easy, simplified way uh, of, of explaining it. It's a very German German anal analogy uh, about bakeries. Uh, I don't know. There were bakeries in the UK as well, I bet. But yeah, I, I do like my German bakeries. And every time I'm in another country, I definitely miss them. So yeah, they should expand more internationally. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, two of my very good childhood friends have uh, bakery chains in in Germany. So <laughs> really? yeah, I'm really? uh, like one of one of my very good friends uh, who I went to high school with. Uh, he he's now actually also in the family company working there, and I, I really want him to expand to the US so that I can I can eat all the stuff uh, also when I'm uh, when I'm in San Francisco, LA. And he is not. Like he, he is, isn't against the idea. I think I, I still have a bit of work to do, but uh, I'm on it. I'm on it. Let me know. I also have a friend who have like, they have a big bakery chain. So maybe we can bring maybe them together. And them. Maybe uh, it's the same to... one. We, we right. can talk about it. Right. We maybe talk about it after yeah. the recording. <laughs> okay. What are we talking about? No, we were talking about specialization. And what I actually wanted to say is, yeah, a lot of, a lot of these theories uh, are based on the division of labor that Adam Smith introduced. And then mm. examples, yes, I, definitely. I mean, it's really helpful to have seen many different things and experienced different kinds of jobs or positions, whether it's having worked jobs during college or during high school, doing freelancing, internships. I, I think many, many people who I really respect in terms of like their um ability to found and lead companies many of them have seen so many different things before and it's also mm. it, it also makes sense right usually founding a company is not something that you could do too early in your life i mean you can but when you're 12 i mean it doesn't really help and then most people don't do it in high school there are some people who do it but then it really starts at least for most people during college or even afterwards so many many founders bring different experiences into it and that can definitely be very helpful, especially if you have people in a co-founding team that bring different kinds of experiences into the team. However, what you also have to say is sometimes if you're too far removed from actually how a startup should operate, right? If you have worked for 20 years in a corporate and you're just hmm. used to only the corporate way of life and the corporate processes, et cetera, and you don't adapt quickly enough, that can also be detrimental. 
by, by the way, right. you wanted to talk a bit about science, and I think we haven't talked that much about science mm. yet. So tell me more about the science of generalization and specialization. Is there good science? What does it say? Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm not an expert on the kind of the going very deep into it. So coming back to generalist versus specialist <laughs> again. Just but, uh, <laughs> the studies and say, well, I've read these great studies <laughs> and this study says that, but okay. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm a couple of things that I wanted to mention because you mentioned experience and that's something that like scientists and, and authors have kind of been focusing on and, uh, and, and, and what experience means in different areas. For example, for a firefighter, there are benefits to experience. Um, for a recruiter, for a recruiter at a startup, potentially there's not really a benefit to having loads of experiences because you can learn it on kind of on on the pathway and on the job and you can be much more efficient potentially learning through performance and through just optimizing you know things on uh, like on the job whereas in firefighting for example if you have seen more and you have more experiences can actually help you uh, be a better firefighter and um, what i really liked and appreciated there was kind of, there were studies being done at a british boarding school where um, the kids were more or less, uh, they, they were taught different instruments such as piano or different uh, guitar and, and different other instruments. And they analyzed the children over time and their performance and their, with their specific instrument. And the children that started playing uh, guitar at a very early age later on were average. Uh, so good uh, good guitar players, but not really exceptional. But people that have actually played several instruments during their early childhood were the people that were exceptional later on. Um, and you can see the same thing apparently in also different sports environments, such as we talked about with Roger Federer. And that's something that I really found very interesting. I'm not sure if that's something that you can see across different industries and across different segments, but this study has really kind of analyzed it in this boarding school throughout many years and has found that pattern um, of people actually going into different areas and being better at a specific instrument later on. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I like one of the things that I always struggle with is how like how transferable are studies about music instruments or sports to more vague professions or just mm. like activities like being a founder because mm. the feedback cycles if you do sports are extremely short right you i don't know you hit the ball and either it goes into the goal or the net or like whatever mm. right you score a point or you don't and then you can mm. try to work on scoring more points or on needing fewer strokes to actually complete your golf game but mm. in, in entrepreneurship the feedback cycles are just so long that it's really, really difficult to, you, you can't do the same kind of practice routine. And then also the feedback mm. is more muddied, right? I mean, once you have an exit event or you have IPO'd, well, that's probably a good sign. But then you, you, you can't really know to, like, to the same extent which actual decision has led there, right? It's a 10-year journey or whatever, mm. whatever kind of roughly a 10-year journey and you've made hundreds and thousands and thousands of decisions so yeah it's really it's really but, but, you, but you still have you still have these micro decisions that you have to make right do i choose kind of this investor or yeah, this investor know, or do, do you know i choose it's actually the right investor because let's let's assume someone leads your a you have two investors to choose mm. from you choose investor a and not investor b mm. and then mm -hmm. it turns out that investor a like 
doesn't really help you the way he promised to. But would he, would a master B have done that? Maybe he would have. Maybe he wouldn't. So it's it's not always obvious. I think that's what I what I want to say. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I I see your point. Of course, you can also say kind of what's the, the the macro decisions that have been great because of X investor, or what are the kind of the micro uh, kind of decisions that you have made because of investor that has let you, for example, win a customer or um, uh, win a partner that has more has been been influenced by the the investor that you have chosen. So I think there are some kind of micro wins and micro failures that you can already analyze during the process. But I see your point in kind of the macro and more holistic vision of looking at a 10-year journey, you can't really say this has been kind of the decision that has led to that outcome. But um, I, I see your point also looking into sports and other areas that it's not very easy. Um, however, I think when we talk about skills and, um, and and building a generalized versus specialized thing, a couple of things that I wanted to mention, there are different people that have talked about this specifically, such as Tim Ferriss, but also uh, Naval Ravikant. Um, and generally what they have talked about is also to learn some, some meta skills that have high multipliers. So learn how to think, learn how to write, learn how to do some public speaking, maybe learn some computer programming, at least some basics, because then you understand a lot of frameworks that are happening in the technology world in general, but also in life on kind of how computers works. And I think one thing that um, Tim Ferriss, and then of course we can close it off later, but one thing that Tim Ferriss uh, uh, talked about is the actually combining two different specialities that are very valuable, such as business and physics or computer programming and uh, law, where these kind of two different skills are not very, very usual on the market and make you a specialized person in some way with a whole generalist knowledge because you connect two different skills that are not really related to each other. And this has helped me to, to be honest, kind of find areas that um, might not be very kind of known in the market and help you uh, connect the generalist knowledge with a, a sort of specialized knowledge on. Yeah, 100% agree. That's also what Adam Scott says, right? He has this cool blog article about being not being top 0.1% in a specific area because it's really, really difficult. Just become top 25% in two different areas and then combine it. And then you can mm. also be world-class. So yeah. Right. And yeah, I think there are some high leverage skills and we should probably talk about the topic another time also and, and dive a bit deeper because I think it's very interesting or it will just be a repeating mm. topic, right? What what should you learn? How should you specialize? Should you specialize? And yeah, it was great to dive into that. Uh, today, both of us have a very busy schedule. Um, so I think we should close it off now. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, thank, let's definitely go deeper into it. Um, we can share a couple of resources in the in the show notes so people if what people want to dig deeper, and then we can have a follow up discussion uh, quite soon again, where we potentially even invite a guest to talk about it. But thanks, Mike, for the session. It's been fun uh, seeing you again, and uh, thanks for for the thanks. chat. It was great. See you.